Okay. So I heard, I wasn't here last week. I was in Moab for Thanksgiving, but I heard there was a giant tanker that like tipped over on the freeway and no one could make it down here. And, and, uh, and so we were supposed to start last week our Christmas, um, kind of our, our Christmas series. Um, but since, yeah, Pete, who was supposed to preach, couldn't make it, he was in traffic for about four hours trying to get down here. I don't think he ever actually made it. He had to like turn around. I think it was like eight o'clock when he got home. It's crazy. And, uh, and so today we're going to kind of jump into our, our People of Christmas series, and we're looking at individual aspects of, of characters within the Christmas story. So last week was supposed to be Mary, uh, this week is Joseph, we're going to look at the shepherds next week, uh, Jesus is a big one, we're going to talk about the Magi, and, uh, and so it should be a, kind of a, a zero in on particular people of, of the Christmas story. But let me ask you guys a question first, who has ever heard the term behind the scenes? Are we all kind of familiar with that term, behind the scenes? Okay. Um, we used it a lot. I was a, kind of a drama geek in, uh, in high school. Um, but I also played football, so it was really cool. Um, that was a joke. Um, yeah. But in theater, we use the term a lot because there's always a, a behind-the-scenes team, right? You have all the actors and people on the stage who do all of the, the, uh, the various whatever they do on, on stage. But then you have this army of people behind you that do all the makeup and the decor and the costumes. And, and so we say, man, those people are really behind the scenes. And even here, we have a lot of behind the scenes. And you talk about Josh and Corey, uh, people who, who really go far and beyond behind the scenes. There's a lot that goes on to even make sure that we can be here on a Saturday. Um, and so I want to talk a little bit about what behind the scenes is, because God is someone who works in ways where we, we perceive, but he also works in a lot of ways that are behind the scene, things that we don't necessarily see or, or what is going on. And, and we're going to look at a character in Joseph who definitely had to see God working behind the scenes before he could really get on board, because we're going to look at what it means to, for God to work behind the scenes and how we can approach that. I want to focus also on how God the Father really works behind the scenes as, and as parents, as if you have children or grandchildren, we can look at ways that how God is working in our families that are behind the scenes and how we may not perceive all that he is doing. So I want to look at those key aspects. But the key passage we're going to look at to do that is Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25. So I'm just going to read this, and then we'll go through and and break it up here. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David... Do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what what the angel of the Lord had commended him to do, and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Okay, so there's three things I want to look at. Three things to remember when God is working behind the scenes in our lives, okay? 
The first one is he does things in a way that we don't always understand. This is the most obvious, right? When he's behind the scenes, he's doing things that we don't fully understand and perceive right off the bat. Right? We can't see the big picture. We see the small picture. Right? And so the first thing we realize is that he does things in ways we don't always understand. Second, he always provides a messenger to guide us. He always provides some kind of a means and a direction in guiding us when he's working behind the scenes. And three, he always delivers on his promise. He always delivers on his promise. So these are three things that we need to remember when we think God is working behind the scenes, which he usually always is. And so we need to keep these at the forefront of our mind. And we're going to use this text as an example of how God uses those three in Joseph's life and how we, how we use it today. So let's look at Joseph's situation. It says here in verse 18 through 19, it says, This is how the birth of Jesus came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, put yourself in a moment in Joseph's shoes. The woman you're, you're supposed to marry now comes up and says, You know, Joseph, I'm, I'm pregnant, and it's God's baby. <laughs> exactly. What is he supposed to do with this information? Right? You, he definitely does not perceive this as, as something that God is doing in his life. Right? I mean, I think every single one of us would go, hey, say that again. What'd you say? I mean, if Amy was to come to me before our wedding and say, hey, you know, I'm pregnant, it's God's baby. I'd be like, oh, I think I got to make a phone call. You know, I got to call some people. We may not be getting married. Um, and so there's, in the first point we're looking here is, is, how, is God is doing things we don't always understand. And so in this first portion, I want you to see how Joseph did not understand what God was doing in this moment. It throws Joseph off a little bit. How has God, has God ever done this to you in, in your life? Have you ever looked at, has God ever done something and you're like, that's not how it's supposed to be? Right? I think that's all of us, right? We've all been in a situation where God has done something or something has happened and we realize, boy, I don't know, if, is this is not how it's supposed to be. This wasn't how I planned it. This isn't how I figured this would go. This isn't the way that it was supposed to go in my mind. And that's what Joseph is kind of going through at this moment, is that's not how it's supposed to be. That's not how this is supposed to go. And then I believe that this, this aspect of our faith really is revealed, or really reveals to us the glory and power of faith. And this is that first step when we understand that God is at work behind the scenes and we don't always perceive it. So I have seen this greatly in my walk, as Joseph is about to experience in his with the Lord. You know, when I was a bachelor, um, before my, my married days, it was a, it was a, a very simple life, right? Um, I didn't have a lot of responsibilities. My biggest thing was getting up to go to work on time. Like, that was like the biggest thing. Like, oh, it's Monday. I got to get up and be at work by nine. Like, stressville, right? I know. 18 me was a wimp, right? And, you know, as, I, as I've grown and as I've, I've met Amy and now we have boys, it's become a, a more complex life with, uh, with more responsibility, and more things to think about, more mouths to feed. Uh, parenting is, is hard work. I don't know if you guys have realized that, all you parents out there. It's, it's kind of hard work. And they come to grandkids, it becomes hard work. You know, there are great moments in being a parent, but there are some very difficult times as well. And these are always things that, that I remember, and this, especially this particular point as we look at God doing behind the scenes is, Boy, in these difficult times, in these times I don't fully understand, especially in the kids. My kids are too young to really 
have these, you know, what we call like faith crisis or however you want to say it. But I've been with, and I was one of those kids who, who grew up in the church and then said, you know what, I like the world, I'm going to go be in the world a little while. I think I'm going to eat what the world has to offer for a while. And I can remember my parents having extreme difficulty because all they wanted to do was to jump at this and say, wake up, kid, right? Wake up and, and follow the Lord. But they never really did that. It was always, what is God doing behind the scenes? And even in those moments of, uh, of complete uh, suppression of who God was, I knew now, looking back, that he was still working behind the scenes, that I may have forsaken him, but he never forsake me. And so in these times of, uh, when we, that was just kind of one example of, of when we look at these times where, what is God doing in this situation? And you can fill in the, in the blank on what is God doing in your life right now in these situations. Because in Joseph's time, this was a, probably the very difficult time, and, and he was a faithful Jewish man. Right? He, he was meant that, I mean, he was kind of a nice guy. You can kind of see in the text here where he was a faithful or a righteous Jewish man, but he was also like, I don't want to publicly disgrace this young lady. Right? So he had a heart, and he also, but he was like, I got to be faithful to what God has. And you look at Deuteronomy 24.1 is, is the passage that uh, the Bible is referring to around giving the certificate of divorce if the woman has, or the bride has a, uh, indecency, you could call, as it was an excuse to, for divorce. And so he's obviously jumping on this bandwagon a little bit. He says, well, the girl I'm supposed to marry is pregnant, therefore she's indecent, therefore I have an out. I can get out of this if I want to. So here he is kind of thinking about the, the ways of, of getting out of this relationship. So he could have easily asked himself and wrestled with God many times. He probably did. You know, again, God, what did I do to deserve this indecent woman? What did I do? What did this woman do to, to deserve this this kind of uh, this situation? And we question ourselves around this with God, don't we? Don't we also go, God, why am I having or going through such a hard time? And this initial reproach, when we realize God is working behind the scenes, have you found yourself asking, God, why am I going through this right now? God, why are my children not following you? God, why are the Denver Broncos so freaking bad? Right, I've said that one a lot lately. Right? We, we go to God and we, in these initial reactions that we have to things not working out quite right, we go, God, why, 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 why? And I can imagine that Joseph is very much in this boat. Here's Deuteronomy 24.1. Here's my out. God, you know, I'm a good Jewish faithful man. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this, this road out. And joking apart, I mean, really, God is working behind the scenes in our families and our lives and in our ministries in particular in ways that, that we don't even perceive and that's a, that's a truth claim right there, is that no matter what is going on, no matter what we're questioning, no matter what hardships or, or trials or, or whatever's happening, we know that God is working behind the scenes for us. We may not, we may not perceive it, but it's what's happening as he was working behind the scenes right now in Joseph's life. So let's continue in the story here. It says, God, the second point here is God will provide a messenger to lead us. So Matthew 20, or Matthew 1, 20, verse 21, it says, But after he had considered this, remember he's thinking about it, I'm going to get out of this. His mind was set on, on what he had to do. You know, you can imagine him pacing around in his, in his room and going, you know what, this is what I'm going to do. This is what the Bible says I have to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to divorce this, this woman. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So again, Joseph's mind was set, right? He had the out. He had God's approval in Deuteronomy to do this. And this kind of leads to a side note is, is don't use Scripture as an excuse. Don't use Scripture as an excuse. Study to find the heart of what God has and align to it. Right? Yes. So let me, yeah, I'll say it again. Do not use Scripture as an excuse. Study it to find the heart of God and align to that. Because God's alignment in Deuteronomy 24.1 wasn't, all right, here's an excuse for you to divorce your wife. Right? Right? God understood, obviously, the big plan. He understood the, the heart of, of what he was saying. And he sent a messenger to correct Joseph in his mind. He had to give a messenger to Joseph to reveal to him what was happening. And the word angel there, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the word angel means messenger. Angelos means a messenger. And God sends different types of messengers throughout the Bible. Right? There's different forms that he sends. He doesn't always send an angel down as a messenger, even though he does in this particular passage. Right? We see Paul in the Damascus Road was blinded by a light. That was kind of a big message. Hey, wake up. Right? We see Cornelius' centurion in Acts. He, um, he was approached by Peter. You could say Peter in that message, or was the messenger in that situation. You know, the point is, is in, in times of uncertainty, when we realize, okay, God, what are you doing? God will send a messenger. Eventually. I say eventually because sometimes it's not right away. Sometimes you got to keep praying, keep pursuing, keep desiring yet that, what you have, that God has and is working behind the scenes. And we see this mainly in things that God has said before. The messenger, a lot of times, is speaking things that God has already spoken, mainly the Bible. The Bible gives us insight into how God works. He gives us direction, and it builds us up. A messenger encourages people to trust in the plan of God. A messenger points people to Jesus, and as we see the angel do. So this is how we, this is how we are messengers to people, okay? We are messengers. You guys, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, that we have been called out, we have been poured into, we have been empowered to be messengers, and what the messenger does, they encourage and they point to Jesus. That's exactly what the angel does to Joseph, right? Joseph was afraid. He says, do not be afraid. So what is the, what God sends a messenger to Joseph to speak to him so Joseph was going to understand. And what's he do? He encourages, says, do not be afraid. And what does he do? He points him to Jesus. Don't be afraid because what I'm doing, what God is doing, is bringing salvation to your people. It's an encouraging thing. Is You are going to be a part of that. Doesn't that sound like a message from God? Doesn't that sound like something God would say? You know why you think that? Because you know scriptures that say that. Because God does encourage and point to Jesus. Let me give you an example. When you're talking to somebody and they're struggling, they're afraid, they're anxious, whatever it is, here's a couple of verses. You're all going to get a one-on-one on how to counsel people today. Let's use Isaiah 41.10, for example, for an encouragement. You could go up to somebody and say, so do not fear, for God is with you. Do not be dismayed, for he is your God. I will, or he will strengthen you and help you. He will uphold you with his righteous right hand. So be encouraged, one who doesn't see or perceive all that is going on in front of you. Isn't that encouraging? 
When someone is going, what is happening, God? Why is, he, why is God doing this in my life? He's going to send a messenger to say that message. And a lot of times it's you or me. Or sometimes I'll need it and it'll be you and vice versa. And then in 2 Timothy 1.9 is a great example of how a messenger can point to Jesus. It says, He has saved us, talking of Jesus, and called us to a holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of His own purpose and grace. The grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. So here we have an encouraging word, and then we have a pointing to Jesus for hope. And that's exactly what the angel does, because God sends messengers to do that in times when we are needing wisdom or guidance in these times of uncertainty. So God has given messengers to share with you, with us, the love of God has empowered you to go to the messenger as a messenger, and he has provided this for all of humanity because we are the hands and feet of Christ. If we don't go share that encouragement, that pointing, who will go? Right? We have been called for that purpose. And then the third one here is that he always delivers. This is the, the exclamation point. That in those times when he's working behind the scenes and we can't perceive it, we remember that he always delivers. So unlike things that are not of God, God always delivers on his promise. God always delivers on his promise. If I make you a promise, I can't, I'm not all powerful. I can't say I can do that. I'll try. If I make a promise, I'm going to try everything I can to do it. But there's things that happen that are out of my control, right? God, however, is all-powerful. So when he makes a promise, there's nothing that's going to get in the way or stop him from fulfilling that promise. And look at Matthew 1, 22-25 as we wrap up. It says, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel which means God with us. So when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife, but did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. God will always deliver on his promise. You know, this prophecy that he's fulfilling goes back all the way to creation. Did you know that? In Genesis 3.15, I think I have it up there. Genesis 3.15, it says, I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. And here's where it's fulfilled. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So the seed of Eve, this, this offspring, will crush the head of the serpent, killing it at the same time, strike his heel. That's a promise made to humanity immediately after the fall. That God said, I will come through. I will deliver on the promise that I made. And this is the fulfillment of that promise. And he's telling Joseph, this is the deliverance. This is, the, this is where that promise is fulfilled. So Joseph may not have understood that then and there, but he definitely did later. He definitely grabbed a hold of those words and understood, I know what I have to do. I know what I have to do. God's plans are bigger than ours. I don't know if you realize that. God's plans are a lot bigger than ours. They're more complex than ours. They're going to lead you in directions you never thought yourself going, which is why we have to be open to doing things that we're not always open to do because you don't know which road is going to lead you down what God has for you. So God's plan is bigger. And what does Joseph do? He gets up, he wakes up, and he does what the Lord had commanded him to do through the angel. 
he took Mary home as his wife. So he overcame the fear. He overcame all the uncertainty. He changed his mind. God persuaded him and changed his mind so that he would actually fulfill and follow what God's plan was for him. So in that sense, we also want to obey and follow what God has for us. Just as Joseph did. He woke up and did as the messenger of the Lord commanded him to do. So it's always, that, that's where I want to end it, because we always kind of have these situations where we have this moment of uncertainty. God, what are you doing? I'm unsure of what we're supposed to do right now. And then it's a, a God sends a messenger, or something happens, he provides some way, and you go, okay, I got some direction. I know what I'm supposed to do. And then you remember the promise, okay, God, I know you can deliver. I know you can deliver on this. You delivered in the past. You deliver again. But then it's, we have to take that kind of that, that step. Because sometimes we kind of get stuck in this, I know you'll deliver, I know you deliver, and then we'll just wait for something to happen. Sometimes we have to wake up and go take the step. Okay, God, what, did you, what do you want me to do? You've got, you, I know you delivered, I know you're there. You provided a way, a, a, a way of me getting to where I need to go, now let me go. Okay? That was one of the hardest times to go, is when you have to actually take the step. When you have to take the step. And so when he gives direction, we have to be obedient to follow. And that's not a popular one in today's circles, right? To have to actually obey and follow what God has for us. All right, so let's pray. Father, I just, uh, again, so grateful for this time that we get to study your word, to, to worship you. Lord, I pray that our, our rest of our evening is blessed. And Lord, we just pray that during this Christmas season, as we celebrate you and as we, we celebrate your birth, that we'll remember that what you've done in Joseph's life around working behind the scenes, that you could be very much well doing that in our lives right now. Lord, that when, and there's areas in our lives where we're uncertain. We know you're working. We know that you'll provide a messenger. You'll give us direction. You'll get it in a way that we're going to understand. And Lord, we know that you are a deliverer. Lord, that you, when you make a promise, you will deliver on that promise. The seeds that we sow in faith will grow and make a harvest. And Lord, we pray that we will have the abilities and the power of you to strengthen us so that we can actually obey and walk that out. That we can walk it out the way that you have commanded us to walk it out. So Lord, I pray a blessing over this group. I pray that we'll be able to, to do that, to keep our eyes fixated upon you, to remember you during this season, to remember it's about you and nothing else. Lord, you are the reason for the season, as people say. So Lord, we just lift you up in your, in your power and your might. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.